You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Tuesday night here, Lucha Central. Don't forget to have all the shows at Lucha Central. But you're here live at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo. Got a huge show coming up. Going to be talking to DJ Bos at about the 15-minute mark. And then, of course, Giovanni Varela himself at the 45-minute mark. But on the line with me right now, my co-host that's going to be co-hosting with me, the 1,000% knockout herself, Nicolette. Nicolette, how are you, my friend? Uh, talk a little bit about Denise uh, Salgado. I know Denise from, uh, she's also very, in my opinion, Twitter famous. Um, she has a very great sense of fashion. Um, this girl can throw together an amazing outfit super quick. I feel like if I was to throw something together like that, people would be like, Nicolette, we didn't tell you we were going horse riding today. Like, this girl throws some boots and, like, looks <laughs> super cute. So um, I know her from that. And then, yeah, I know her from EWF. Um, I went to a few shows when they were running in, uh, God, that wasn't Baldwin Park. I feel like it was somewhere else. And I know they ran out in the Valley, too, and she announced a couple of your matches. Uh, talk a little bit about the Lucha Expo. I got to tell you, not just because, you know, I'm actually working for Lucha Central now. And, you know, Kevin Kleinrock is always busy. I mean, that man is always like he'll he'll call me right away and say, hey, man, make sure you mention Spotify and make sure you mention, you know, iTunes and all that so he can get the ratings so he can keep everybody up to date, make sure. But, you know, we went to the first Lucha Expo, which was cool. I mean, I, I seriously, seriously had like one of the, I've been doing this for a long time, but I had such a good time there because um, if you could explain to the people, you know, that it's kind of like a, like an indie show where the guys are at their tables and they're selling their merch and all that. But, you know, once they get that line down, they're, they're pretty much kind of there and you could, you could talk for, uh, well, let's, for a good example was a uh, cycle clown. That oh, dude yeah. had a, when he first walked in, you remember he had a huge line. It was about, I would say anywhere from 40, people deep maybe a little bit more and he got through that whole line and once he was done with that line he still had a uh, probably a good half hour left so we you know we were able to go up and talk to him for a while or whatever so and then we went to the one in san diego so real quick before we get into talking to dj bowls and stuff like that talk a little bit about that because the next one is supposed to be in philadelphia i believe kevin said it's going to be next year june of 2021 now i think it's going to be a little bit different in philly i'm not too sure about the Lucha fans that, that are out there. But, but, you know, real quick, what do you think about that? You think that's a, a good choice, Philadelphia, or just since you were at the last two? Oh, I think anywhere that they put Lucha Expo, that I mean, if they put it in an alley, I would go. There's, like, rules about Lucha Expo. One, you do not sleep. Don't blink an eye because you will right. miss something. I mean, you will miss a match. You will miss a meet and greet. You will miss merch. There is so much you will miss. And two, make sure that you pay off all of your credit card bills and you take every credit card you own and cash and you have a PayPal account because there is so much merch at one point that you can get your hands on that it is so important. Yeah, um, for everybody listening, Fabi and I went to the one in Vegas. Um, Fabi and I split the drive up there and uh, Fabi said, you know, I'm going to go upstairs for a bit. If you want to hang out here with your friends, you can, Aww. you know, no big deal. And uh, I think within five minutes, I'm like, Bobby, you got to get down here. And then there was like no phone service, something like that. And I'm trying to like run back up the stairs. And then the elevator was so crowded. It, it was like a fire hazard to take it. So I'm running up and down stairs and I'm trying to be safe. And I'm thinking, and I'm pounding on the door. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, you've got to get downstairs. Like, I'll try to be there as fast as I can. I'm like, oh, well, match is already over. I think that one was a Solar, Solar Junior, Bestie yeah. on Indian. Oh yeah. my God, well, good match. Yeah. Well, what had happened was there was like two or three different conventions going on. There was like a big Filipino homecoming. And then yeah. the, I can't remember, the, the guys with those Fez tops or whatever. So it the, this is what happened. I think you were talking to Chris Bay. 
And you go, yeah, I'm going to go get some coffee. Do you want anything? And I'm like, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to go up to the room. I'm going to just rest for a little bit. And I'm going to come back because I wanted to see uh, the Lucha Brothers. And they were going to come on to like about 11 o'clock at night. And I was dying. So I went up there and I was just going to rest. For, and I ended up falling asleep. And the phone rings. And, and Nicolette goes, dude, you got to get down here. It's Bestia and Damien against Solar and Solar Jr. And, all. and I'm like, yes. So I take off. And I lit- this is the God's honest truth. I literally had to wait probably close to 15 minutes for an elevator. Because there were so yeah. many people that it kept getting packed. So finally, I ended up taking the stairs. And I ended up in the back, like, like receiving area where the food comes in. <laughs> so by the time I got to the... To the venue, it was already finished. And then, and then to make it worse, Nicolette's like, "Dude, you, that was the best match ever, dude. You missed it." And I, so I almost started crying, but I didn't. I was able to keep it together. But that—that's why I, I went to take a nap because it, you know, it, it ran till I think it was close to midnight before everything on the first day the, the matches were over. But it was well worth it. Hey, see. and Fabi. Yeah. Also, too, can we um, give Chris Bay a huge shout out, too, for everything that he's been doing on Impact? Also, I know that Denise did an interview with him. Uh, I don't know if it was on Skype or on Zoom, but if everybody wants to go check out that interview, um, I watched it. It was amazing. She did an interview with Chris Bay as well. Yeah, I, I did some live stuff with him um, that at the Lucha Expo, too. I got him. I got Brody King. I got. I think I hopefully I still have it in, in my uh, my recorders. If I do, I'll try to, to upload that. But that's what I'm talking about. I, I see Chris Bay. We're talking. I'm like, hey, dude, let me get you on there for a little while. And we talked to him. We talked about future stars of wrestling and helping put the ring together that day and all that. It, it, it was really cool. So we're going to talk a little bit so, about Go ahead. It's so amazing to see these uh, wrestlers that always like stay down and stay humble, you know, and keep in contact with everybody that they kind of like left behind in a way. And uh, Sean put out a post the other day. Sean Black put out a post for Chris Bay, and he was like, "Hey, he's like solid dude, Chris Bay," you know. <laughs> and uh, I messaged Sean back, and I said, "Yeah, I said Chris Bay's always been cool." And um, funny story about Chris Bay. So yes, I always tell Sean. Sean always posts how important it is to hang out with your friends and to never say like, "Oh, I'm too busy," you know, blah blah blah. Um, Chris Bay and I went to Starbucks during that time at Lucha Expo, and. Uh, this dude talked from the time we left till the time we got there. And I'm like, okay, but you know what though? I don't regret it because look at now he's gone to impact. Maybe I would never get that time, you know? And uh, so anyways, Chris Bay posted this thing like a three weeks ago about a Q and a, and people are like, Hey, Chris Bay, what's your favorite color? Chris Bay, congratulations, impact. Congratulations on the bell, blah, blah, blah. And then I write in, when are you going to bring back your offset hairstyle? And he writes back, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, no, remember you tied your hair up like uh, offset in the clout music video. And he goes, yeah, I've had my hair like this for nine years. And I said, okay, well the ninth year I recognized it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see that well, happening too, huh? Well, look, if anybody who could go practice and do a moonsault off the, the top rope and it breaks, and still be alive to this day because I, I I think it just happened and that's what we're talking about. I was like, dude, I thought you were dead. And he's like, no. Nah. And he's talking. And then you, you guys went to go get the coffee and he came back. He was still talking because he was talking yeah. about selling his used gear or whatever. Like, he, he didn't even take yeah. yeah he didn't even take one his breath mom. or whatever. But hey, you know he's doing well and and. You know, they say what you put into it is what you get out yes. of it. And he was he was always working. He was working with Sean Bodai, who, who's very, like, wise to the business. I compare him and Joseph, you know, because they're very smart-minded as far as the business goes. And, Fabi, you and working. I knew Chris Bay back from the Young Guns days at yeah. PCW. Oh, yeah, in at a PCW. Yard, yeah, in Iguana County. Yeah, man, man. we, we got to get him on here so we can talk about that because that was funny. That was yeah. that was when they had the Young Guns at Iguana Kelly's in, in Long Beach. I was – 
a week, a week or two weeks away from having my right hip done. <laughs> and there was no seats. And Biggie Big yeah. tells Joseph, hey, man, you got to get five of your chair, man. He ain't going to make it. So he did. But the funniest part was Chris May's family, because I guess they all came from wherever he's from or whatever. And and they were, I think, in front of us or just to the left of us. And all I came, oh, that's my baby. That's my baby. And getting mad when, when did, he, did he wrestle Douglas James on that show? No, he did not wrestle. Doug, Douglas James wrestled B-Boy. I'm not sure who Chris Bay wrestled. Oh, gosh, I'll have to go back and look at the videos. But I know though, yeah. that even somebody from his family said, if you hit him one more time, yeah. I'm going to get up out of my seat. And I thought, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. No. <laughs> the whole family is about to get out of the seat. Hey, great show, by the way. But anyways, real quick, got to get to DJ Vos. So we'll be bringing him. Nicolette's going to hang with me through the whole show, which is cool because we got so much going on. But first, before we get to DJ Vos, let's hear what Denise Salcedo has to say. You know, I say Salcedo, Salgado. I got to make sure I get it right because she's going to go, hey, man, get my stuff right. I got your name right at EWF. But let's see what she has to talk about what's coming up on Lucha Central. We'll be right back with DJ Bulls. Hey, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here at Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's a brand new mass cast with Dos Hermanos Lucha. The brothers are back with their latest advice on how to build the ultimate Lucha Libre mask collection, including what Facebook groups can really help you up your game. Tuesday, it's Mask, Mask, and Mayhem, the show that brings you back into and behind the scenes of Lucha Underground. This week on the show, more behind-the-scenes secrets are revealed from two of the show's day one luchadores. Plus, the gang discusses the current success of former Lucha Underground stars, Karrion Cross and El Hijo del Fantasma, and takes a look back at Season 1, Episode 6. Plus, this Friday, look for a bonus episode of the MMM show focused on Pride Month, including a special interview with former Lucha Underground and current AEW star, Sunny Kiss. Also on Tuesday, brand new series WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo debuts on its regular night with a live call-in show covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Then, each Wednesday, the show will be available for download on podcast platforms. The first episode is up now and features interviews with former CMLL, Ring of Honor, and Lucha Underground star Ricky Reyes, Bellator fighter Rick Hahn, and Combate America SVP Mike Aframowitz. This week's guests will include former XPW and Wrestling Society X star and current owner and operator of the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, Joey Chaos. With SBW graduates in nearly every major promotion at this point, there is a lot to talk about. Don't miss WrestleBoss Live on Tuesday night and in podcast format on Wednesday. We've also got more live recordings for you on Wednesday as Spanish series La Mesa de los Margaros brings you their unique style of news and comedy along with special guests. Watch as they record their episode on Facebook Live and then download the episode Thursdays. Also on Thursday, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with Papo Esco with special guests, PWR Training Academy graduate and AEW star, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Papo and Gabe talk with Jack about his training at the Academy, his time in the NorCal indie scene, and his signing with AEW. On Friday, we've got the number one Lucha Libre show on the U.S. charts. 
Mucha Central Weekly, and the number one show wrestling-related, period, on the Mexico iTunes wrestling charts. Lucha Central Weekly and Español, with Lucha Libre slowly returning to Mexico and shows this past weekend from both DTU and IWRG, plus luchadores all over WWE programming these days. We've got two packed shows for you. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Denise Salcedo. Okay, not Delgado, Del Rio. It's Denise Salcedo. I don't know why, for some reason, I'm already into my third or fourth show here, and I haven't got it right, but that's Denise Salcedo, so make sure. You know, you check her out. Hey, I follow her now on Twitter, and she talks we talk a lot about pizza because she's like a big time pizza lover. So maybe I could get her and Douglas James on at the same time. And they could, cause that's all they talk about is pizza. But for the people listeners, you're here, you're live at wrestle boss. Um, you know, we're going to call DJ Bolson just a second, but uh, I got 1000% knockout Nicolette here with me. I'm going to bring him on Nicolette. And then we're okay. going to talk a little bit because we talk a lot about what people put into to certain shows and stuff like that. And he was actually at the second Lucha, uh, Expo that was over in San Diego. So let me give him a call. We'll get him all on right. the line and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Remember they brought us the, the, the totis and all that stuff? Yes, the people downstairs. Yeah. Totis. Good Lord, I hope I have the right number. Hello? Hey, DJ Voss, it's Fabiano. You're live on the air. Can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you loud and clear, my brother. How are you? I'm good. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo, and we're live with DJ Voice, and I got uh, DJ Voss, and I got 1,000% knockout Nicolette with me. She's going to be hanging with me for the whole show. So real quick before we get into talking to DJ Voss, Nicolette, say hi to DJ Voss. Hi, DJ Voss. How are you? Do you remember me? I'm Fabi's daughter from Lucha Expo. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because well, when I when I I try to as soon as I get the guests locked in, I try to put it out there so that the people you know they know who I have on. They can they can usually send messages and stuff like that. But I got usually uh, it's when I have the wrestlers on. But when I have DJ Wolves, I get a lot of of messages and emails and stuff because of the success. So I had a, a, a couple of couple of different people say, "Hey man, ask him how how he got started." in the business and how it's so successful because a lot of his shows are slamming. He has uh, top-notch wrestlers. Like, I'm I'm a big Black Tarros fan. I mean, I think that guy's awesome, and you put him on quite a bit. So before we get into that, I, this is what I was telling Nicolette before before we went on air, or even a little bit when we're on. You know, you whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And I said, I see DJ Vols everywhere to do this constantly working so when we went to the lucha expo the second one that was in san diego first person i saw dj Vos, and he's everywhere i mean i was getting blown up just watching because he's walking over here and he's talking to this dude and he brought two wrestlers from arizona so he's talking to them and he's just like all over the place and then what, what sets him apart as he came you know to me and i saw him i said hey what's up and he said hey well uh, what's going i said well come on yeah man let's let's do let's do you know a 30 second spot or i said well, let's do a full interview right, that's it. so he he looked came on, made sure that he got all his information out on the live broadcast, because we were up high. We were the only ones on the second floor. So he came up, 
and we did that. And I, and I, that's what I was telling Nick Lett. I said, that's why he, you know, he works, you know, he works at it and makes sure that it, and what we were talking about over there at the expo was, I said, you know, well, most of my audience is, is mixed martial arts, but they let me mix in the luchas and stuff as long as I could bring it around. And he said, look, if, if I come on your show and 20 people hear it and two people buy tickets, he goes, that's, that's two people who I didn't have. He said, so that's why I do it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this, guy, this guy's freaking genius. This is what I'm talking about. So, you know, with all that being said, talk a little bit about that, because I, I have a couple of friends who want to get started in the business. And I'm like, you know, just be prepared because it's not you don't just go rent a ring and, and do a show. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. So talk a little bit. First, talk a little bit about what got you interested in doing the show. I know you're DJing and stuff like that. And that's a big part of it. And, and how it came to be so successful that you, like you are now. Well, it's all based on uh, sacrifice, right? When I first started, it was um, it, it, I was the DJ for the Lucha, right? I was uh, I started off with a small promotion, local promotion, and I was a DJ for the Lucha. I had the opportunity to buy the equipment out of that promotion that was selling it out, some pretty old beat up equipment, right? And uh, uh, I went ahead and jumped on the opportunity, did the investment. And then uh, uh, actually, it, it, I said that it requires a lot of sacrifice because the first thing, if I if I would go, go back and change something, it's start from the inside out uh, as a promoter, uh, as a promoter organizer. I don't consider myself a promoter. I'm more like a producer, right? I produce the show. I produce the entertainment. Right. Uh, as the word promoter, uh, it entitles everyone. The, the the wrestlers have to promote, I have to promote, the guy that is put in the chairs have to promote, the guy put in the ring have to promote, the guy right. that is in the venue have to promote, uh, my friends have to promote, um, and, you know, every, everybody has to promote. So, and that is in any business. See, if you're starting a business, a real business, uh, you have to promote and everybody is has to promote. Now, producing the show comes to a total different thing. I'm, I'm a very... Um, I'm, I'm very special and, and I have very high standards for everything we do, especially on the quality of the wrestling, uh, the show organization, um, everything. But it didn't always start like this, right? Like uh, I started off and I didn't know much about wrestling business and I had to learn that hard way. It was a full first year of, of sacrifice of doing shows. There was times where we, we only had about uh, five paid customers on the audience, and everybody yeah. else was a wrestler's family, and yep. and and that and I didn't stop. You know, at, the, at that time we were doing shows every single week, and and I was like, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. Now, what I did is I went back and actually one started training with the wrestlers. I started right. training with the wrestlers so I could understand more their craft and what what is it that they were doing. Uh, and and uh, I've done wrestling before, but never lucha libre, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it took me a while to get used to it. I, I trained with the wrestlers, and then I stepped up to um, to going full uh, a full training every single day because I used to require my wrestlers. Whoever doesn't train doesn't get put on the card. So right. I was the first one in and the last one out, and I was the first one up there and the last one out, even though, you know, they would use me as a, <laughs> they would use me as a, as, as, as a, dummy, right? <laughs> Trading. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, I was the one that would slam around, but, you know, it was more about the psychological effect. And eventually we started building, um, I started making better decisions, better decisions with talent, 
knowing what to expect from talent, uh, what to require from the talent, especially when you bring big names. And, and if you don't know how to arrange them to people that are actually going to work them, you're just wasting your money, you know? And another yeah. one is having a, a, a business plan. You got to have a business plan. You got to have strategy. You got to have, uh, a, you know, a little bit of everything. What I did, and I would recommend everybody for doing is for your promotion organization, whatever you want to call it, develop a, an identity. For example, we have developed an identity with Lucha Votes that it doesn't matter who we even have in the roster. We're always going to have some audience because it's kind of like AAA, New Japan. I'm not putting myself at that level, but it's, it, they develop an identity, right? Uh, you know that that specific organization, that specific show is going to offer a certain level of quality, and that's what right. you follow, right? So, so you, you, a lot of times what I started doing, and I, I wouldn't even put wrestlers on the, on the flyer. I would just put Lucha Balls, uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. at this place, and we will get 200 people. Yeah, no wrestlers because, on the, on the yeah, poster. Yeah, because you you've established, you know, like you said, a certain a certain level, and they know that that's what I'm talking about. People work hard for their money, and to get them to buy a ticket, they they want to go to a show, and when they see that show, they go, dude, they they see their friends. Hey, man, you got to go check out the show. I mean, it was slamming. We had a good time, and 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 like family atmosphere has a lot to do with it too, because everybody has kids. So they want to take the kids. Mm -hmm. And so that this is what I'm telling them. It, it takes, it, it's not just, you know, that And when you're talking about training with the wrestlers and working and stuff like that, that's, that's got a lot to do with it too, because now you have the mind, look, if I put Black Tarus with, with Mil Muertes, that dude, that's going to blow the roof off the place. Or if I put this guy with this mm -hmm. guy, that's going to be a great opener or whatever. So th this is what I'm talking about when I say what you, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Now, Unfortunately, we're going through a little bit of a pandemic, and it's kind of because I have a show that that's on on the hook right now. It's ready to go. Everything's done and ready to go. I was supposed to be July 11th. I had to push it back to the end of August, and now we don't even know if we're going to be able to make it to the end of August. So you yourself, who I think you just had to postpone a show uh, for July 2, you know? Yeah, July 19th. Actually, we had a uh, one of our biggest. Uh, projects, which is we're working on a production, right? Like now we're we're switching from live shows to to streaming media, and the reason yeah. is if we if you want to survive, uh, you gotta adapt to what's gonna become. This pandemic ain't gonna go nowhere. Uh, people right. are trying to do shows with twenty percent capacity, twenty five percent capacity. When you got an yeah. overhead of per se, you got an overhead of three thousand uh, dollars, and 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 just cost, right? And 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 you and the venue only holds two hundred people, and you can only get twenty five percent of that or fifty percent of that. A hundred people, you will have to sell the tickets like at eighty dollars or seventy dollars <laughs> to be able to to cover the cost, right? Yeah, now here's another yeah. thing for people that that want to do shows, and this is the way I do the math, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna do a show, I'm gonna put in fifty hours. Um, how much am I gonna pay pay myself? How much is my my time worth, right? Because if if I'm if I was if I'm gonna put a show fifty hours of work, and I'm only gonna make enough to cover the show, uh, I would have made more money uh, working at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it it makes sense. It makes sense because that, well well real quick before we, before we uh, can, can you hang off for just I gotta take a quick commercial. Can you hang off for just like two minutes? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. We'll be right back with DJ Vols after this. Hang on, everybody. 
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Okay, I had to stop that one because for some reason it wasn't coming out like it was supposed to. But real quick for the people listening to us, we're here. We're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo, and I got 1,000% knockout Nicolette hanging with me. We're talking to Lucha, uh, DJ Bolts, talking about running some Lucha shows, and especially with all this COVID and everything going on. So with all that being said, are you still there, DJ? I've just got to make sure you're still on the line with us. Absolutely. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I got you now. Nicolette, you still there? <laughs> Yeah, I'm still here, Bobby, and when you're done, I have uh, one question and one statement for DJ Volz, too. Go ahead. You can go, go first, though. Go ahead. You can ask him your question because I got to want to oh, talk okay. to him about my beetle. Um, you know, I thought it was really amazing, too, when you said that you stepped inside the ring and because I, I only thought that you were a promoter and a DJ. I did not know that. That's amazing. That totally shows so much respect. Um, I know that a lot of people, and I know more than... A lot of people, and Fabi, you've agreed with me too, how Joe Rogan will go out there and say, oh, these UFC fighters, I would have did this. I would have put them in a chokehold. Yeah. And they're like, Joe, you have never got in the octagon, so how can you talk? So that's really cool. For well, me they, too, they when I recently... Yeah, they get on him about that because they say, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you can, and you can commentate and say, but you shouldn't say he should have or done this or yeah. done that or whatever. So but when, you, when you're coming from that side of it where you've actually taken a bump and see what it's like or whatever, then you know, which earns you the respect of the people that, that you're booking and they know what's up. And all, because we, I follow DJ Vos on, on his social media and he's constantly training. He's constantly in the, in the weight room. And because when we're talking at the Lucha Expo, he's like, man, I can't, you know, if I come out there, and I'm sloppy, and I'm overweight. People don't take you serious. He goes, but exactly. if I'm in shape and I'm dressed nice or whatever, people take you more serious, you know, because you're a businessman, and they they kind of see. So, I, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about when I was saying how how what he puts into it is what he gets out of it. But before, because I'm running up against the clock, real quick, uh, I saw on your flyer that unfortunately on the show that you had to postpone that you had Vampiro on the card. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with him, and then I'll tell you about my relationship with him. So Vampiro is, is a controversial human being, right? Overall, 360. Yeah, some people love him, some people hate him. Vampiro, Vampiro Canadiense, whatever one of yeah. or not, um, he's a living legend. Um, and uh, the the story with Vampiro, uh, you know, I met him a couple of times at Expo Lucha and everything, and he loved the the lucha that that Lucha was put up on the last um, Expo Lucha in 2019. Uh, he he came out and he created us. He said he was you know that was a really good job. Or and he liked the work that that the guys did up there in the ring. Uh, when when we when this is happening right before COVID nineteen or during COVID nineteen when it just started, uh, I'm thinking, wow, this is really gonna change the game. Is it gonna make us or is it gonna break us? This yeah. is this is like oh everything stopped right. It still stopped. And I was like, well, I gotta find a way, right? I gotta find a way to 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 evolve, I gotta find a way to take it to the next level. I gotta find a way to to do different projects that they're still happening. They're coming up. We have something big on the oven, and and that's where Vampiro comes in. I email Vampiro directly, right, uh, through a friend of mine. I email email Vampiro, and I'm super humble. And I'm like, Hey, Vampiro, how you doing? I met you a couple of times. 
I just want to tell you that um, I'm looking to uh, for somebody that is knows way more than me in this business that can help me take this project to the next level that I can work together. I need a mentor. I, I, I need a mentor when it comes to the wrestling business because I've been evolving, I've been growing, but it comes to a point where, you know, and, and if you want to step it to the next level, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta be willing to learn from those that, that are at the next level. But Peter wasn't doing anything in wrestling. You know, he had, he had literally got on a triple A. He was in Canada. He was recovering from, from, his personal issues and everything that he's got going on. Um, yeah. And I call him and as soon as he, I emailed him, he sends me a text back. He's like, call me now <laughs> or, or like, like that. Like he just super yeah. humble. I talked to him and, okay. and I send him the, the, I send him like all the material that we have, the video, the show, the cards. And he replies to me back like within seconds. And uh, in the next 10 minutes, we were on the phone. Um, we started talking. Uh, he's, He's super cool with me. He's helping me a lot, um, and and he's very he's very interested on 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 the lucha balls concept. He's got a lot of ideas, and he's coming in as a as as a, as a mentor for me. Number one, as a mentor for me and the company, right? Uh, and and just him being involved, he took the company to another level. When I put out that flyer that Vampiro was going to be there, even though I yeah. didn't bring what they called A cards, right? I've been bringing A cards with like old uh, superstar roster. Once I put Vampiro in there, it just tripled. Yeah. It just tripled an yeah. audience. We actually had 2,000 people subscribed uh, to see the live on, on, on YouTube from Mexico and the United States and other parts yeah. of the world uh, within three weeks of, of just le letting the event sit there on Facebook. About 2,000 people had subscribed to, to see the, the, the stream for that show. Yeah, that and like you said, that takes it to another level. People are like, oh, because they know he's established AAA Lucha Underground, and also he sees, oh, okay, now he's really going to keep going and 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 keep moving it up. But let me tell you a quick story about Vampiro because I actually got to, I put it on my Facebook a long time ago. I still have it. I'm going to put it up there. Um, he would, I was working for Kiss and Charisma out here in in L.A. and I used to have a, par a partner named the Bronx Bomber, and a big big garrote uh, guy, and uh, Pero Russo was working uh he lived in tj i think he lived in tijuana but he was doing a show out here with us whatever so it was us three against vampiro and uh kissing carisma or whatever and this is the first time you know i had met him and, and i was gonna i was gonna work with them so you know south central la has a little bit of a reputation or whatever so so my my partner who's a uh african-american guy but he's huge i mean he's big garrote and Pedro russo big muscular dude and also we go, we go out there and we say, oh, you know, whatever. So we go out there and, and, and the first, cause I'm, I'm trying to get over. I mean, I'm still pretty, pretty young in the business or whatever. I've been working for a while. So I walk up to him when, when we're all, all six of us are in the ring and I, I look at him in his face and I go, you know where you are, punk? I go, you're in the jungle. I go, you're going to die. And he looked at me like that and I pushed him and he pushed me back. And when he pushed me back, I took the bump. And because he was looking, so we finished the match and everything. He walks, he goes, he comes up to me, he goes, what's wrong with you, man? I go, what do you mean? He goes, I, at first I didn't know what was going on. He goes, because you, you, you have this look in your eye and you're like, uh, you know where you are? You're in the jungle and you're going to die. He goes, and then I look at this big old dude on my right and this other big old dude on my right. He goes, I thought they set me up. I thought He goes, but luckily after <laughs> I pushed you and you took the bump, I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. So that's not the end of it. So we did the show in L.A. Then we went. We, we drove to, to Tijuana and did a show at, at the um, at the auditorium. That was uh, 
Friday night, we did the show over there at the, at the auditorium, and um, that's what I have footage from. It was, and and they were giving me uh, such a push because it was us again, Peruso and Bomber against uh, Vampiro, Super Porky, and Dineblas Senior. So we did mm -hmm. our thing and everything, and the dude totally, totally worked with me. I mean, he really, you know, put me over and shined me up and all that. So that's how come I always thank him when I when I see him and all that. So, anyways, we do the show. We're gonna do. Uh, Saturday night in, in Ensenada and then drive all the way to Puerto Peñasco for a Sunday show. So we finish the show in TJ, we, we head out to Ensenada, we get to Ensenada, we get to the hotel, we go to sleep, wake up the next morning and, and the next day in the paper, I think it might have been the Alarma or whatever, I can't remember for sure, but they had shot up the whole Revolution uh, Boulevard. I mean, they just completely shot it up and they shot like two clergymen like like priests or whatever so i go to this and i go hey man i go they, they shut up the whole thing and we were just there or whatever so he looks at me and he looks at Vampiro and he goes nah man he goes they, they don't shoot the wrestlers they just shoot the uh the regular people <laughs> and Vampiro looks at kiss and he goes hey man you don't have a card that says you're a wrestler and they give you a pass he goes what's wrong with you he goes no nah, no nah, don't worry about with us so I, this is the god's honest truth i got so scared i didn't even go to puerto peñasco I did the show in Ensenada and I went home <laughs> and Bom Bomber and Perruso went on to Puerto Peñasco, but I didn't go because I was like, dude, if they're shooting and they, you know what? Bombita was like, man, it, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, nah, man, you guys are crazy. I'm going home. So I went home. So well, I saw him a couple of more times after that, but then I saw him at the first Lucha Expo. And as soon as I saw him, I had a shirt for him, uh, 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 what do you call it? Ribeiro Steakhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, these kids, and he, he sees me and he goes, hey, bro, you still okay after uh, what happened over there? <laughs> that's like 20 years ago, but, but he still remembers. But that, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is he, he was really, you know, because back then they didn't like the younger guys and people were worried about people taking their shine on. Not, not the case, man. I mean, he really, really worked with me and helped me a lot. So I really appreciate it. But that just goes to show you, you know, that when you bring them in, like you're saying, it just takes your, your show to another level. You get more, more people to notice and all that. And, and it makes a huge difference. But anyways, I'm sorry. I, I had to rattle on about that because that was probably one of the best times I ever had when somebody actually took care of me. So hopefully, we'll, hey man, hopefully we can make our way. Now that I'm working with Lucha Central and, and working with Kevin Kleinman, because that, that, that dude works really super hard. Maybe we can. Yeah. I love those guys, man. Yeah, man. They, they really put a lot into it. So hopefully we can head out to Arizona and check out one I of the shows. I love Kevin so, too. Yeah. So <laughs> real, real, quick before, real quick before we get out of here, give us your, I know DJ Vols is your social media for um, Facebook. You got any other social media so that people can check you out? Uh, you can find me on TikTok now. You know, I eventually gave in into TikTok and now they're trying to ban it, which is sucks. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I restrain myself from doing TikTok all the way up to now. So you can find me at TikTok, at the DJ Voice. My Instagram, at the DJ Voice. No, not yet. Actually, you know what? I use TikTok to, to actually voice my, my, my real Your opinion. me. Yeah, okay. my, my real me. For, for example, I'm going to do a TikTok and, 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 and just do like, hey, you know what? If you're going to make a video, Make sure it's, you say something worth saying later. Okay. You know? <laughs> but uh, but it's fun, you know? It's, it's, it's fun. 
<laughs> well, but people like not not make fun of it, but people are like, oh, you, your Facebook and your TikTok. But so many people see it and and they reach it. So you know, we use it as a vehicle to to get it out there. So I, I for one, can appreciate it. I see how hard you work and and what you put into it. But you know, the proof is there, man. If you go check out a DJ Vos show, you know it's going to be slamming. So make sure you check them out. Hopefully, we'll be able to check out one of those shows because I'm 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 telling you, man. I think Black Thaddeus is one of the most underrated wrestlers. I seen him and Mecha Wolf go, and I thought it was probably one of the, one of the hardcore lucha matches that I've ever seen. And and just like he said, he sees them, and and you know if I put this guy with this guy, it really works. So I can appreciate that. So for the people listeners, make sure you check out DJ Vols on all the social media, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the opportunity, my brother, and thank you very much uh, to both of you. Okay. Yeah. No Absolutely. Problem. Stay safe. Yeah, DJ Vols, everybody. <laughs> Make sure you check them out. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Yeah, Lucha Central, that's what I'm talking about. It's pretty cool because we do the show live, so if we want to take some call-ins, or whatever. But for the people listeners, don't forget if you want to check it out, we're here every Tuesday from 7 to 8.30, Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo. If you want to call in, we're hoping to give away uh, some stuff at about the 8 o'clock hour. So if you want to call in, it's area code 323-870-3387. If you follow the social media and check out those Wrestle Boss uh, shirts, man, that logo is slamming. Um, 1,000% knockout Nicolette is with me. Talk a little bit about that because I got the black and orange. And I think the black and pink, for some reason, is getting a little more looks than mine because, well, well plus it's on you. So whatever. But I think we're no, even going to make one for, Bobby, for that Kevin's does not work. No, that actually does not work. Do you remember when we did the high-risk T-shirts and I did uh, I did a T-shirt, I did a tank top, and then you were like, hey, can you make me a quarter sleeve? And I was like, oh, sure. And I made you oh, yeah. quarter sleeve. And then yours like blew up and people were like, oh my gosh, fire flame emoji. You're so, and I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, I'm hot. Why isn't everybody looking at Favi? And like, yeah, yeah so sometimes Favi does better merch sales than me. But um, yeah, as far as the Wrestle Boss shirts, I have made a few. Um, Kevin owns the rights to those. I do, I do not have those. I've made a few for Favi, for myself, for my mom. Uh, but there's a website that you guys can go to. Um, I want to say that it's ProWrestlingTees.com, but I'm not sure. Do you know what the correct... You know what? Word? I got to I gotta get that from Kevin, because I don't know if he if he has it on there or Mass Republic. You know, okay. so I got to check I gotta check with him. Um, so, when, when quick I put spoiler it, alert. Yes, we are going to do a giveaway at about 8 p.m., like Fabi did say. I'm going to post it right now on Facebook. Um, it'll be somebody's choice between a... Are we saving it, Fabi, or are we doing... Are we saying what it is now, or it's up to you? No, I'm going to save it. For the eight okay, o'clock hour, okay. but it will be something that you will like <laughs> for sure. Okay. Hey, and if you see you've seen the t-shirts, man, they're slamming. But like I told Kevin, that's just a prototype. We wanted to get them out yes. there so that people can can follow Wrestle Boss and all that. We gave away a bunch of buttons over the Fourth of July weekend because we were we you know going to so many different places, which is pretty cool. Gets it out there. 
And the logo itself is is cool, man, because that's, you know, everybody talks about it. And and it was, you know, Kevin, he's like, hey, you know, if I do, that's what I'm telling you, man. The man's, the man's got the mind for the business. That's, that's why things are so successful. So hopefully we'll be getting some more of that out for sure. Because so far, uh, all the people who, you know, we put it out there have liked it. So I got to get to Giovanni Varela. So real quick, I'm going to take just a couple of real quick breaks, and then we're going to talk to Giovanni Varela. So hang on. We'll be right back after this. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. It, it's funny because we're talking about Lucha Central and playing the, playing the spot for Lucha Central. But uh, Nicolette... Uh, who, somebody who I want to get on the show, hopefully, because he's with the with the Lucha Central podcast, is Conan. So we okay. found Conan at the because for the people listeners, when we were at the at the Lucha Expo in San Diego, which was last year, we were way up high. We were on the second floor, which was cool because we could see down, the, you know, the whole expo. You could see the wrestling from there and all that. It was it was pretty cool. But you have to walk up, you know, to to get to get there, and there was. I think the elevator was broken on the second day or, or had went to capacity or something. I can't remember. She had to take the stairs. So I, I tell Nicolette, go, go get Conan. Go tell Conan I want to get him on it. If, if he needs me to, I'll go to him. So take it from there, Nicolette. What happened when you walked up to Conan and told me uh, Fabio wants to get him on the air? So I went down to go see Conan, and I, like, stood in line for a little while because there was a bunch of people that wanted to meet him, and he was sitting next to um, Selena De La Rente, uh, who is a model for Ruda as well. And uh, everybody wanted to see her, so they're kind of crowding around the table, and then he gets to me, and he's like – next and then I like he doesn't recognize me and I'm like hi Conan I'm like do you um I don't know if you know me I'm like but I'm Fabi's daughter I'm like Fabi's up there and I'm like pointing and he's like looking at the sky and I'm like no he's up there you know on the stairs and then like Fabi starts waving to him and I'm like do you remember him and he's like no I don't know him and I'm like no you used to wrestle with him back in the day I'm like you do know him and he's like oh yeah yeah Fabi and I'm like yeah I'm like so he wants to do an interview with you I'm like do you want to go up there or do you want him to come down here and he's like tell him to come down here and I'm like okay he's on his way and I was like can I get a picture with you and he's like yeah, sure. And then it's like my mom took the picture and it was like this like thing to like struggle to get me like around the table. And then we finally got over there and I'm like, okay, he's on his way back down. And then Fabi kind of had trouble uh, getting down there to do an interview with him because the table was so close to the ring. And then yeah. like ring entrances and the announcing Melissa Santos was doing the ring announcing and then uh, people were bumping. And then if it was like a match with like war beast, they were taking it outside. Arrow yes, started fire going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Hopefully um, we can get him on here because that one was so loud because we we're so close to the ring. But it was funny because we knew a lot of the same people, John Roberts and Johnny Bioni, people from back in the day when we were all trying to get to the promised land. But anyway, so hopefully uh, quick service announcement. Kevin Kleinrock, uh, help us out, man. See if we can get him on for a little while. 
Thanks. So let's get to Giovanni Varela because I don't want to, I want to make sure I give him as much time as possible because first of all, he will judo throw me and I will be dead. And Bobby, explain who Giovanni is and who Monster is because I always get them mixed up. Okay, I will as soon as he gets on. Hello. Hey, Giovanni, it's Fabiano. You're live on Wrestle Boss Live. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ah, it's beautiful. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo, and we're going to be talking to Giovanni Varela. I got 1,000% knockout Nicolette hanging with me. So before we start talking to Giovanni, real quick, Nicolette, say hi to Giovanni Varela. Hey, Giovanni, how are you doing? I remember you back from uh, Gym Crashers when Fabi was doing the show. Yeah, yes, yes, I remember you. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> We're doing good. You know, it, it's not that it's funny, but, you know, whenever, because when, when she mentioned that, I was working for, you know, a different company at the time. And then we started to, to we got the studio and everything and we were doing gym crashes. So when we first start doing stuff like that, the first person I want to get get on is Giovanni, because he's, you know, um, way back in the day when we first started, we're talking early 2000. We actually, the studio was right down the street from where, um, Gokor's studio was and and my partner said hey you know this Gokor guy is really really awesome you got to check him out blah blah so we had him on and I had no idea who Gokor was and then when he came on after we interviewed him we, we knew we definitely knew who he was so as the years gone by I, you know I, I finally got to meet Giovanni and we started talking and we were talking because he was you know uh, trained with Gokor and all that so on and, and I'm gonna be honest. This is this is why I have Giovanni on because he, you know he set me straight real quick. And and first of all, <laughs> Nicolette goes, okay, real quick, explain to me the difference between Giovanni Varela and Monster Varela. And I go, well, Giovanni's the dad. I said, Monster is the son. He's the one who who uh, helps out and teaches the classes, and he also represents Honduras in in sambo and stuff like that. So. Oh, so then Giovanni quick. is the owner of the very nice Hummer truck. Is that true? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you have good memory. That's how we know you. But anyways, I'm, I'm going to get into talking. I want to talk to Giovanni about, you know, with all this COVID going on and everything that's happening, you know, how it's affecting him. But, but before we get into that, and, and I told Giovanni this from the beginning, when we find this is when I had Cody Rhodes when he was my producer. And we went down to go do a live broadcast at, at the Anaconda Academy. And I was... I didn't believe in judo. I thought, well, man, you know, if you're going to be an MMA fighter or whatever, you have to know your wrestling because you got to get him to the ground. And then you got to know your jujitsu because you got to put the, the holds on. And he was always like, well, I'm telling you, man, judo has, you know, you get somebody up against that cage. You see what like Garo Parisian used to do or, or, or Ronda. And I'm like, yeah. So when we went, uh, Giovanni was working with the kids or whatever, doing that, uh, a little like a seminar. So I had Master Varela working with me who is Marvin and he I was right now I'm about maybe 280 but back then I was 310 pounds if you look at the pictures I was like 310 pounds and I was going I hope I don't hurt Marvin because you know he's gonna dig those hips (laughs) and I'm gonna fall and he ain't gonna be able to pick me up man and then you brought the I can't remember the name of of the of the smaller guy that you brought he was the the guy with the blue gi do you remember Alex yeah yeah yeah, Alex and and Marvin goes I'm gonna have this dude and I'm like what are you I am gonna kill this dude and man (laughs) when he dug the hips in like because he grabbed the back of my belt and he dug his hips in and I was literally up off off my feet and could do nothing and the next thing I know so ever since that day, you know, uh, Alex is part of the Honduran national team, you know, so he has a lot of experience, a really good guy. <laughs> you, you, you're, gonna, 
I didn't, I, not, not the, but see, this is why they do it, you know, because, you know, you, you think, well, that this guy's smaller, he's going to be, you know, and, and I mean, once, seriously, once they dig those hips in and have, there's nothing, you were literally just preparing yourself to go, you know, and, and so and then, you know, Marvin showed me the techniques and stuff like that. And then we had Giovanni come and show some techniques on the ground to work. And it really, and it went over really well. I mean, with, with the other show, you know, a lot of people emailing and all, you know, stuff like that. So it really, really took took judo to another level and made believers not only of me but but of everybody else so with that being said you know uh, when, when i first met giovanni he had a small studio in bellflower and then when he moved over to the anaconda academy which is in gardena now i'm like man this is i mean it is huge and it's got weights and it's and everything was going good people were coming big judo seminars with olympic athletes and everything and then just as everything was catching fire this whole covid hits so now you know, are you actually back training at the gym? Is it to a smaller capacity, or how, how's it going right now at the Endicott Academy? You know, we open again uh, June the first, but uh, we open for existing members only. We're not accepting new members at this time, and uh-huh. uh, we limited our classes, you know, to mo- no more than six students per class. You know, we're trying to yeah. do the, you know, social distancing. Also, you know, checking temperature as they come in. You know, we have a special bucket to clean their shoes as they come in. Then clean their feet as they come into the tatami. You know, we're trying to do as much as possible, you know, but it's hard to stay close, you know, to keep to keep your academy close, not only for the financial part, but also for for the need of your body to train. You know, I mean, I've been training yeah. all my life and all of a sudden stay off the tatami for three months. It, it's very hard, you know. I, I feel that yeah. I, was, I was being unfaithful, you know. Yeah, but, you know, bef- before that, Giovanni was, I mean, in tip-top shape. I mean, when we went to go to go check out the seminar, I mean, man, I, was like, I was looking, I was going, man, this guy is in shape. He must be serious. And then when we, we talked to you before, when I was on the other show, you were saying, you know, I, I went to go compete, and I ended up competing against, uh, you know, some younger guys or whatever. But, man, you know, I was do, still doing damage. And, and almost, you know, uh, I forget what you told me, went all the way to the finals, you know? Yeah, and I got disqualified with 30 seconds left, you know, because right. the rules have changed in Sambo nowadays, you know. But, I mean, I, I made history because for the very first time in a Sambo World Championship, father and son competing in the same event, in the same World Championship, you know, and, you know, at my age, I had to fight a guy that, that was 23 years old, you know. I mean, he's, oh I, 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 have, I have kids that are 15 years older than him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what I'm talking about. But when when you say that, this is this is what I'm talking about because when saying like you know I didn't believe in judo, but uh, when we had Marvin on, he was showing me the the video of when he was competing, and and it was jujitsu in the gi, and the guy would go to shoot a single leg. So most of the time the guys might sprawl or whatever, but instead he would he dug his foot in and grabbed the guy by his belt, and boom, same thing, just just. Took him right over, and the guy. That's his trademark. Yeah, and the guy was like, "No, I, I, he's not going to do that again." Same thing. Shot the leg, and Marvin just boom took him over, and then the guy got mad, and <laughs> he completely lost his you mind. You know that that all comes. I mean, that all comes from from Hayate, You know that go called judo. Yeah. You know the you yeah. know our judo. You know it's it's good. You know you you mentioned you know Caro Parisian. Uh, Ronda Rousey, yeah. Mavel Gamburian, you know, all of those guys, you know, we come from the same source, you know, from Gokor and from Jean Lebel, you know. 
Yeah, and and it, it, it it's not only that, but it, you see how it works. It actually works with the because I I, did, I was like, what would, and then bam, he took him over, and then the guy got upset. They like really got mad and threw his whole game off, and Marvin ended up beating him. So th- that's that's what I'm talking about as well as that and the the family atmosphere. Like you know, Nicolette, my daughter, she's uh, in her twenties, and when she started training for pro wrestling and we were training uh, jujitsu and stuff like that, I always worry, but I was with her. But if you, cause some, some, I mean, nothing for nothing, but I've been to a few jujitsu studios where they've been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like, you know, uh, like they're all, you know, what, like, uh, monsters for lack of a better term, not monster, for but look at me, you know? And, and I, I walked right out I said, you know what, these guys are on a different thing, but you go to the Anaconda Academy and you could tell it's a family atmosphere simply for the fact that we went down and Marvin said, look at, this is my daughter. And she was like tossing that dummy. And how old is how old oh is my that God. one? The youngest one. The youngest one. The time that you came was four. <laughs> four years old, Nicolette, and she oh was my four years old. Yes, and she's was, the same one that we met at the studio, right? Yes. Yeah. No, because yes. People, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're okay. right. You're right. Okay. Because so Miguel and she, I were sitting next to each other, and he was like. Are your friends at school scared of you? Because you know she's not messing with anybody on the playground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then she showed us yeah. pictures, and there were so many trophies in her room, and I'm like, yeah. well, I go, well, you're gonna have to get another room or whatever, because then she goes, yeah, well, you know, it's what we do. It's what we do. We like to do. So they were really, you know, that that that's what I'm trying to stress is that it's a it's a family atmosphere. You know, so, that year the that year that you met her, she ended up going to the Sport Jiu Jitsu International Federation. The, uh, kids uh, world championship and in the right. final uh, she ended up fighting a boy you know and uh, she beat the boy really bad you know really bad and the kid tells her, tells her after the fight my dad and I were watching your videos on YouTube last night so they were starting here so what Marvin did he went and put all the videos about her private you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were already starting here you know yeah, it was, but but you know it's 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 there. It, you know, I've been down there and just seen you know what a family atmosphere it is. And if you want to go down, and I highly recommend that you go down and check out the Anaconda Academy. Unfortunately, right now, you know, with the COVID and everything, but hopefully, I'm hoping. You know, Giovanni, uh, I don't know about you, but I hear there might be like a second wave coming, and we might have to shut down again or whatever. So yeah. I'm hoping, yeah, and I'm praying that it doesn't happen and we can keep going. But, but you know if, what? Let, let me tell you something. You know, I I've seen so many friends shutting down academies, you know. Uh, many of my friends, not only here in the United States, but also, you know, other countries, you know, Mexico, Central America, you know, uh, they're shutting down their academies for good, you know, because they can't stay in business, uh-huh. stay in rent, and, uh, and having yeah. no, no students. But, you know, uh, something that I guarantee my students, you know, an Akon Academy, we're not closing, we're staying, you know, because at the end of the day, I teach martial arts because I love to teach and I love the martial arts, but my real daytime job you know i'm a hardware engineer so i i own right. computer stores in southern california that's what i make my living with you know and now right. that there's no school everybody's doing classes online so my computer business has gone like boom like 300 percent more you know so <laughs> that covers the anaconda academy so for sure we're, go, we're here yeah. to stay you know yeah well that's good and and you know you the, the students you know they know and they keep they're going to keep coming back and plus even with me with word of mouth that that's the, the, the judo academy i recommend i'm like hey man if you got kids and that, that i where Thank should you. i go go there it's funny because we got a a guy from uh at my job he just came over from usc from usc uh usc hospital 
and we were talking and he goes, yeah, I would like to get my kids in the class. And I, and I go, where do you live? And he goes, oh, I live in Guardian. I go, perfect, dude. You got to go see Giovanni. You know, unfortunately, again, the COVID is, is killing us right now. But I'm like, hey, man, that's where you got to go. Know. Highly recommend. So we we we, we appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it kind of sucks that this is what's happening right now. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that it's going to pass, you know, and, and we can get back to normal because I, I miss it too, man. I haven't oh, been definitely, able to you go, know, yeah, go do no live shows. Once we get back to normal, I want to make sure you guys come and visit, you know, and, and welcome yeah. you there. And uh, let's do a program from there, you know, and have fun, you know. Yeah, yeah well, luckily... Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'll take Nicolette. I, I had Cody with me last time, and let me tell you something. We did a live broadcast from the Orchateria in in Downey, and they had uh, Nicolette explained it. It was like the churros with the big ice cream. Yeah, if you're like a what is it a dairy, you're away, stay away from there. There's just ice cream and syrup <laughs> and chocolate drizzle and more and more. Yeah. But Cody Rhodes did damage over there. I mean, he had concha bread, he had churros, he had ice cream, he had coffee. So uh, if, when they have the – he was waiting, too. He said, man, I can't wait till they have another barbecue because I'm going to go down. But unfortunately, he moved to Arizona, so I got Nicolette with me. So hopefully I can eat her share as well as mine, and we can do some damage over there. But, but like I said, it's no, a family but, atmosphere. You know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, but for sure, you know, once we get back to normal, you know, I'm planning to do a barbecue, you know, what I call a yeah. super a super training barbecue, you know, so everybody yeah. comes and train, have barbecue, you know, and, uh, you know, so be together as a family, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll be very Absolutely. glad and, and happy to see you guys there. Absolutely. Can I take a picture you... by your Hummer for my Instagram? <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? Can I take a picture by your Hummer for my Instagram? Of course you can, but the, the license plate will tell Giovanni, so. <laughs> oh, okay. It's okay. I'll blur it out. It's okay. We're, we're good to go. But anyways, for the people for the people listeners, check out Anaconda Academy. If you want to follow Giovanni, just put Giovanni Varela in your little search engine. I highly recommend, too, that you put Monster Varela and check him out because they keep everybody up to date. And you talk about parties. They had like a family. It looked like a family reunion or something, and I saw – so much food, and I saw people who had shirts on that said "dad" and shirts that said "kids." And oh, I was yeah. like, "Man, I, I want to go. I want. That's where I want to be. <laughs> Whatever." So make sure you follow him on on all the social media. Hey, Giovanni, I mean, I mean, thank you for coming on. Hey, when, when as soon as you know, just like coming over to this new show, first person I want to get in, get in is Giovanni because he he practices what he preaches and make sure that it's a good family atmosphere. So hopefully, we'll see you pretty soon. Okay, my friend. Of course, anytime. And th thanks to both of you guys for having me. And as always, uh, great talking to you and hope to see you soon. Cool, Absolutely. And you, yeah, you are welcome anytime. So for the people in the make sure you check out with Giovanni.com and Giovanni Varela at the Anaconda Academy. All right, we'll be right, right back after this. Giovanni Varela, everybody, make sure you check him out. Thank you, guys. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com Always use your head. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. I don't know what's up with the Lucha uh, dot, uh, Masks commercial. But uh, somebody, sorry, I had somebody leaning on me. Uh, uh, so for the people listening, I got the lucha dot uh, lucha dash masks dot com. 
if you want to check them out, they, dude, they got the, the Black Tarus mask, or I don't know if you can call them Black Tarus and Maestarus or whatever. And they got the, I think they still have a limited supply of the Lucha Brothers or whatever. So make, they got a Conan mask now or whatever. So make sure you check it out. So to Kevin or, or uh, Greg DeMarco, I don't know what's happening with my Lucha mask, but I put it on and came in. So <laughs> lucha-mask.com. Make sure you check it out. All right, we got uh, about maybe 20, 25 minutes left in the broadcast. If you want to call in, it's area code 323-870-3387. We're going to talk a little AEW, you know, going to talk a little bit about the NXT. About it. It's kind of reminding me of the Monday Night Wars. So if you want to call in and give your opinion on that, we're more than happy to. And if you call in and give us your opinion, we might have a little giveaway for you. Nicolette, what are we going to give them? So we can do either one King Fabi shirt with the matching buttons. We can do one uh, high F and risk shirt with the buttons. We can do one uh, high risk shirt, which is of the three of us, me and the two boys. Um, the two boys, if you guys do not know who they are, that is Simon Lotto and Stephen Andrews, as seen on Being the Elite, episode 198, or a 1,000% knockout Nicolette t-shirt. That's where, that's where they wrestled in the tennis court, you know? That is correct. It was pretty good. I, I I hadn't been checking that out because I wait for the Wednesday show. But when Nicolette, uh, see, I'm not computer savvy whatsoever, but she has the PS4 or whatever, so she could put it up on the big screen. So when I checked it out, I was like, hey, you know, that was that was pretty cool. They had some some because they wrestled uh, the Young Bucks and then they wrestled SoCal Uncensored on there, and it was pretty cool. I thought I thought it was pretty cool. But you know, Nicolette, and let's not I, forget I gotta, that I managed them at uh, Compton Mania three. In and March? let's not forget that you speared um, – did you spear Manny Mars, or who was that? Uh, Daniel Torch. Daniel Torch. So for the if the people listening, I mean, I think I have it. I don't know if I put it up on my Facebook or whatever, but Nicolette speared Daniel Torch at the end, and then High Risk hit the – I don't know what it's – it's almost like a, a neck breaker slash uh, inverted moonsault combination. I and believe the, the that crowd, it's the shooting star press. Shooting star press. Look at yeah. you. That's pretty good. Thank but you. the crowd I'm went trying. the crowd went nuts. They popped big time. I mean, it was probably maybe I would say between thirty and forty paid, but I mean they went nuts. And they couldn't stop talking about it. we were waiting for the Uber and they were still talking about uh how awesome that move was. But you, you know, Nicolette, I, I gotta tell you, man, uh AEW, God bless them, because they're trying, but when there's no crowd, it's just it's such a big difference. They're showing the reruns of SummerSlam on the Fox Sports Network, and it is freaking packed. I mean, there's got to oh, be, know. you know, 20,000, 30,000 people, you know, and they showed Cena against AJ Styles. And even though that's a big clash in in, yes. in Styles, for lack of a better term, uh-huh. um, the place was just was just so electric. And it's funny because Kevin, Kevin Steen always says how, or what Kevin, whatever his name is now, oh, and says... Kevin Owens, he goes, man, when I first wrestled John Cena, he goes, I was in the ring. And when he came out, even though they were chanting, John Cena sucks, he goes, it was so loud that I actually sat there and thought, man, this is this is crazy. This is like something I've never heard or seen before. So now with this COVID, you've got no, and I, I don't know, is it me, Nicolette, or do they not know how to work a crowd? Like, not not that there's a crowd there, but just to work and do some sort of entertaining stuff instead of move, move, move. And I, th- to be honest with you, the only person who's been entertaining to me has been Marco Stunt because he's so small. You just want to see, is he going to get crushed? Is he going to get out of it? Flying, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, exactly. It's like, like, uh, 
when Ultra Tarro used to wrestle in Revolution Pro, he, he was about the same size, and he just used to get tossed like a salad. But, uh, I mean, is it, is it me? Well, or, to or, me, Bobby, or, I know how you're saying, like, do they not know how to work a crowd? But I feel, though, like, I know that, like, you and I have very different views on wrestling. Uh, for people who don't know, Fabi and I will go to a show, and Fabi's like, oh, my goodness, this is just move, move, move. He's like, I want to see, like, a storyline. And for me, I'm entertained the whole time. And then when people, when I see people, too, that are doing, like, hardcore matches and they're, like, taking out, like, thumbtacks from the bottom of the ring, the ladder's coming out, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I paid my 25 bucks. I got my 25 worth. And he's like, man, like, how many times are we going to see somebody razor blade themselves? How many times are we going to see, like, these people are going to kill themselves just for, you know, 25 bucks you paid. But it's like, I want to see the death match. I don't want to wrestle the death match, but I want to see it, you know? So we have different views on that. Yeah, but like we talk about, there's a time and a place for it. Like when they had the the, the no holds barred match with uh, Jacob Fatu, and he wrestled that dude from New York, the guy who came with with the homicide. I can't remember his name. But oh yeah, they they fought all over the place, and I'm like, I'm not walking over there. I mean, I had the flu or something. I can't remember. I said I'm not walking over there. So when they finally came back to the ring, he Jacob Fatu took the tool. They could I don't know if he couldn't find a table or what, but he took the toolbox. <laughs> To set the ring up from the bottom and and spread the tools out on the on the canvas, and he he slammed the dude. I can't remember his name. He's a guy from New York that was managing the the uh, what's his name uh, homicide or whatever. But yeah. he slammed him. Uh, oh, isn't on top. it? A, it's not Eddie. It's not Eddie, right? Eddie something was his name. Yeah. I can't remember. But he Jacob Fatu slammed him on on the tools. And then he went up for the moonsault, and the guy moved. But Jacob Fatu just hit all—I mean, just all stomach on those on those oh, tools. Yeah. And there was like nuts and bolts and hammers and all kinds. A screwdriver. Kind of yeah. So I I had to stand up and applaud that man because I mean he took he took a hell of a bump. So there is a spot for it. And once they got it to the ring, I was highly entertained. I mean that that match really set it off. But the match that that made me actually get up out of my seat when I had the flu and, and throw some, first of all I couldn't even reach the ring because I was so sick I gave it to the lady in front of me so she could so she could throw it in the ring um, was when uh, Daga wrestled uh, what's his name Jessica from Santino Jake Atlas Jake Atlas and you talk about a dance partner those dudes put on the show I would easily say that was match of the year because they well, Daga was the perfect dance partner for him because they got down and every not just me Everybody was throwing money in that ring. That was a hell of a show. And I don't want to say it was moves and moves because Daga has a little bit more of an energy. When you see Daga at a house show, instead of being on camera, he's a little more loose. And he did he did quite a bit more. But they put on the show. So those two matches for that show, I agree with you. That was that was a hell of a show. But other than that, I mean, we even started to leave when, when me and Muertes was wrestling Savio Vega, you know? We did. And, you know, when, uh, I've seen Joseph say this before on his Facebook, and he says it's so important to do promos before a show. A lot of people run a show, and they're just like, uh, this person's wrestling this person, this is a championship match, and there's no promo, you know, uh, to go with it. Um, I had watched the promo that week at work, and it was the guy that wrestled Fa too. And he just said, and I'm going to blank you up. I don't know if you can curse on the show. <laughs> I'm going to blank you up and blank you and blank and you know what? Blank you. And, and I'm like, blank, okay. And blank and California. I, yeah. And then I see like snot rockets and like middle fingers. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bobby, I'm like, I want to go to that show. And Joseph had told me before, cause he had came on another show that Bobby was doing. And he said, if you ever want tickets, Nicolette, just let me know, just message me and you know, I'll, I'll hook it up. And I was like, um, can I go to that show? And he was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And when Bobby and I got there, um, he had actually put us in the second row. Yeah. And so we were 
super close. But Bobby and I don't drink, even though we're not driving. We don't drink. And um, people were behind us so loud, screaming. And Hammered. I, I always tell Hammered. Bobby, like, hey, I'll get food, you know. And I said, if you want a taco, you got to wait till we get out of here because PCW had <laughs> so many people in that venue. I mean, yeah. it was clearly a time where coronavirus was not around because there was so yeah. many. I'm like, I'm not getting up out of my seat. Bobby bought me, like, a couple of things on the merch table, and I'm like, sit in our seats, and we're going to leave when it's time to leave. But that show was so good from beginning to end. It's definitely not a family atmosphere because there is so much cursing. There is so much hardcore, but it was Big a time. great show. I would love to go Again, uh, I would definitely pay. I don't know if I would pay for those $100 seats that Joseph gave, but I would pay to go see it again. So, yeah, thank yeah. you again, Joseph. Very amazing show. Yeah. And I say this all the time. If I'm going to spend my hard-earned money, I want to see a, see a show. And honestly, the, the two shows that we went to, for because PCW, when they did Young Guns, was here in Long Beach, which was literally down the street from where we live. So we took an Uber, and we you know we paid to go check it out. And uh, it was we saw Chris Bay. We saw... Um, who else did we oh, see Adrian over there? Hammerstone, Quest. Adrian Quest, yeah, and they had Dominic some Kruberman. slamming merch. Yeah, it was oh, and and then it was Brody King and Joseph versus Hoss Hog and uh, Jesse, Jesse James. Jesse James. And and man, that was dude. They they busted up two merch tables, and as as Hoss Hog had, I think he had Brody King up and was going to put him through the table. He actually apologized to Brody King because he put him through his own merch table. <laughs> whatever so it was i mean it was cool because it was the young guns were a lot of young guys that were doing a lot of high flying moves you know back and forth and everything and then they they ended it with that match with it was just really crazy and all over the place and, and everybody went home happy so i would definitely so look if, at, if here's another easy. quick crazy story so that uh venue was like at like a bar and so i don't know how but these people came in and i i'm not sure if they were homeless or what but they brought in a jug of water and a pizza like a five dollar pizza and they were um sitting in the front, but um, like Fabi said, it was standing room only, and so Fabi and I were standing, and people started coming more and more, and like, eventually there was a time where, like, I couldn't even see over people, but I couldn't tell people, like, excuse me, can you move out the way so I could see there? had been like, no, like, we're trying to see the show, too. So even at that time, um, Tyler Bateman was even in front of me. I'm not going to tell Tyler Bateman, excuse me, can you move? He's going to be like, no, you know? So, um, yeah, Biggie Biggs came, and he got Fabi, and he's like, Fabi, you come to VIP, and it's so funny, because people think, like, Oh, like Nicolette's hot. Like she'll get to go to VIP. Like, nope, Fabi went to VIP. And I was like, that's fine. I was like, I'll see you over there, like in a little bit. Yeah, but there was no chair for me. I just went because I was handicapped. Yeah. So he got to go over there. So I'm like waving to him. I'm like, I'm fine, whatever. So then like the main event comes on and it's Joseph and it's Brody King and it's them against um, <laughs> Hoss Hog. And, and Joseph picks up that guy's um, water jug and throws yeah, it at it him. There's gallon. water flying. They're breaking tables. And I'm trying to put Fabi in front of me because the match got so out of control. I'm like, I can't get hit. And then I'm trying to like record on my phone. I have to put my phone back in my pocket because I'm like, I can't get my phone broken either. But that's how <laughs> hardcore these matches get. And they're entertaining. Like, yes, I would go back any minute, but... They're just so crazy, but you get what you pay for. As soon as they drop the yeah. tickets, I bought two of them online, and I told Fabi, I'm going to buy you a T-shirt to wear over there. But the funny, the funniest part was, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, and then we bought a lot of merch because they had bags and all kinds of stuff. But the funniest part was Biggie Biggs was working security. And, he was, and when it got crazy and Joseph hit somebody with the water jug and pizza was flying, he, he turns to me, Biggie Biggs, and he takes his glasses off and he hands them to me. This is the only pair of glasses I have. Don't let nobody break these. And he went to go get the people back or whatever. So that was that was freaking hilarious. So that that brings me all the way back to fan participation. You know, when it's just when there's nobody there, it's yeah. a different story. Now, I don't particularly care for WWE, and I'll talk about that later. But NXT, I was starting to get into because they were doing 
you know, they, they, the up and coming talent. And then when they had El Hijo de Fantasma come, I said, yes, you know, it, it, I want to watch it. But, you know, it, with, with no audience, no crowd participation, it, it's kind of hard to watch, man, even though, God bless them, they're good workers, you know, and, and they're putting on yeah. a show. Yeah. It's just so different. So, you know, I'm kind of bored now. And then it's kind of like there's so much plexiglass. I can't even see the people cheering that are the workers. Yeah. I can't even see. I'm like, is that Shotzi? Is that it? Oh, I can't see. Yeah, there's so much plexiglass. Yeah, there's like a there's like a glare or whatever in, in between the plexiglass. But, um, I mean, God bless them. They're trying their hardest, but it's just not the same. It's just not. Now, AEW, it, it looks like it's almost like the Monday Night Wars because AEW's got, it's like a pay-per-view type of feel. And then, of course, uh NXT had the Great American Bash or whatever, which was whack in my opinion. But I was looking forward to seeing Brian Cage wrestle um, against John Moxley for the belt. Oh yeah. So before before we talk about that, for the people listening to us, we went to San Diego when we went to the the Lucha Expo. The second day was when they have all like Wagner was there, Brian Cage, um, Taya, Johnny Morrison, the whole everybody was there for that last night. So we had done the, finished off doing the show and everything like that. And we, we all were there again. The, yeah, we went to the hotel and we took an Uber back because it was so there was no parking. It was so crowded. So we just went back to go watch the matches. So we ended up getting we, we were sitting probably like in about the third or fourth row, but I was right there by the entrance where, where the where the wrestlers were coming out of. So Brian Cage comes out. He saw. I mean, we call TV does that dude no justice. I mean, that's a big dude. So I don't know what happened, but there's always some knucklehead who's drunk and decides they want to. Why he picked Brian Cage, I don't know. But he kind of he he. I don't know what happened to to start it, but he kind of left him alone, right? Brian Cage, I could tell him he's like, yeah, get out of here, like go away, kid, you bother me, or whatever. He kind of so started something with him during the ring entrance, right? Right, yeah. right, and then he he came around. The knucklehead came around to his corner, which was right on the other side of, of of the stage where they came out. I was on the left side, and the guy came around to the right side and went after. I don't know what he was trying to get over the barricade. Well, first of all, everybody was trying to split those barricades, but they were locked in. Even Jacob Fatu and them couldn't, couldn't get him apart. I don't know what he said, but Brian Cage took off. It looked like those bulls. You know when they do the, the pro bull riding and, and they're going in the gate? That's what oh, yeah. Like. And, and then remember, split, Bobby, we saw like those barricades. bulls just flopping yeah. around like yeah, they just he, busted. He just split the barricades and went and got a hold of that dude. So I, now, again, I, I mean, I was probably two, three months after having hip surgery. And I, I tried to get over the, the stage to go help him. But by the time I got over the stage, everybody had already passed me. It was a big crouching there. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to grab somebody. I don't know. I could see Brian Cage heading back to the ring, but I was trying to grab somebody. So finally, when they, when the security got a hold of the dude, we, we, I kind of got up close and I'm telling the dude, what is wrong with you? I go, do you want to die? And he's like, no, I'm going to kick his ass. And I'm going to do So finally they got him out of there. And luckily they saved him because Brian Cage would have killed that dude. Uh, and almost right. did. Luckily, and everybody so, okay, jumped in. Backing up the story a little bit too, um, there was a merch, uh, somebody selling merch that I've seen this guy before down at Baja Stars. And uh, I don't know if you know his name, Fabi, but he sells the mascaras and he has them like on this like big um, – piece of like yarn or like string and then you tell him what yeah. you want he kind of like flips it flips it flips it okay so this time when we saw him he was selling purses and so um, I went down there and uh, Fabia brought my mom and so my mom went down there with me and I was kind of looking at the purses and he had 
everybody. He had El Santo purse. He had Blue Demon. He had um, yep. Wagner, right? And so I said, oh, how much are these purses? And he said, oh, mija, for you, 25. And I said, okay, yep. I said, I'll take one. So I took, I got an El Santo purse, and I came back upstairs to Fabi's booth upstairs, and Fabi said, you bought one of those purses? And he said, I'm going to go down there and go get one. And I said, okay. And I thought he was just going to, like, look at them. So he went down there. And I see Fabi downstairs, and this dude has a blue demon purse on. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I wish somebody would tell me something. I said, oh, yeah. gosh, you're wearing that purse. And he had all I, and I had it over my it. shoulder. Yeah. So the night when that guy decided to start something with Brian Cage, I said, oh, crap. I got up, and I ran with one of my friends, and I tried grabbing all of Fabi's purse and my purse, and I ran the other way, and Fabi went that way. The way that the fight went, I went the opposite way. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to have any part of that. But Fabi went one way, I went the other way. But it was just so crazy. got out of control. They start, They tried to start stuff with Melissa Santos. Um, yeah. I mean, he handled it amazing. So, But, I mean, at least it got under control. I, That's good. Well, I had my, my mics, my recording mics, in in the for lack of a better term purse i called it like a shoulder bag or whatever yeah, they're very I'll, put it, small, I'll, yeah. I'll post it up so you can check it out but you okay. know when when stuff like that happens you just take off running so i didn't yes. you know I, I forgot i had left it or whatever luckily you were with me and were able to get it but that was so anyways the the, the night finishes everybody leaves and i'm getting ready to take off and i see tj perkins and i i tell jessica i go oh, i know tj I go, I, I, he he worked for me a couple times um back in the day and everybody around me is like, oh, you don't know that dude or whatever. That's about. So I went over there. I said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go say hi. So I walked over there, and he sees me. And as soon as he goes, "What's up, man?" He goes, "Oh my god, I can't believe." He, goes, he tells Nicolette, I, "I, you know how many times I worked for this guy?" You know. And I was like, so happy that he remembered me. And I'm like, "Yeah, bro. You know, we're talking." And then he goes, "Let me get a picture with you, dude, because uh, I I gotta so show some more Joe. He's not gonna believe that I ran into you." And I'm like. All right. There's a, I was like a little kid. Uh, Nick, when, when I, yeah, well, he kind uh, of even like I don't want to say marked out. The line. He even kind of uh -huh. like stopped the line. There was like a whole line of people waiting, and he was like, hey, Bobby. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're cutting the line. And then he was like, yeah, let me get a picture of you with Joe. And he like handed me his phone. He was like, here, here, can you take a picture with me to send Joe? And I was like, sure, yeah. I was like, can I get a picture with you too? He's like, yeah, yeah, of course. But I need a picture with Bobby well, he, first. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he, he worked for me twice uh, back in the day when he yeah. was first – you know, starting to come up and work for me in Torrance. And then we did another show with Joe Schmo. And I'm like, you know, this, this kid's got something, man. He's, he's, you know, he's a hard worker and all that. So, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, they forget, but he was like, yeah, bro, get over here and all that. So that was really cool. I mean, that, that kind of set off the night. So just, you know, to wrap it all up, we brought it all back to the Lucha Expo. I, I'm telling you, man, if, if we talk about spending your money and your hard earned money and stuff like that, but if, I'm telling you, you gotta go check it out. It, I, it's hard for me to explain. First of all, um, there's so much merch. You gotta take cash. I mean, I, some some of the guys take uh, take a credit card or whatever. But I mean, I I, oh. I probably came home with about a dollar sixteen in my pocket Bobby, after everything was over. I know, Fabi. Speaking of that, really quick, I'm gonna tell my story. I know you have to get out of here at what time? Eight twenty-five. Go for it. Yeah, we got eight okay. minutes. Okay, I can do it in one. Okay, so uh, Kevin, if you are listening, uh, you can take this money out of Fabi's Wrestle Boss paycheck, okay? Because I don't got <laughs> I don't got twenty bucks because I have no unemployment. Okay, that's a different story. But you can take the amount of money out there. Um, downstairs, because we were upstairs again. Downstairs, um, we hear like this crowd like clapping, and all these people are walking in, and. Uh, I tell my mom, oh, that's a Tessa Blanchard and a Daga. They're here, and I said, I want to go downstairs, and I want to, I want to get, I want to get a picture with them, right? And I'm like, mom was like, that line's really long, and I'm like, yeah, we'll wait till it dies down. It's gonna die down because they, they got to start a match, right? And she's like, okay. So line keeps building, 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 right? So maybe like 40 minutes later, we go down there. And speaking of like spending all your money, 
three guys are in front of me and they have like stacks of pictures, right? Well, I think one Big of the time. guys in the group had uh, eight pictures and I think, I think it was about $10 for Tessa to sign each of them. Yes. So that's 80 yeah. bucks right there. Well, I, I hear the people in line behind me and they're like, come on, dude, are you serious? And I'm like, oh, somebody's yeah. going to start a fight or, you know, and I'm like, I just want to get my picture, right? But I didn't, I wasn't complaining. I wasn't saying anything, right? And then so Dog is kind of like just sitting there because they were three guys, so they just wanted to meet Tessa. They didn't want to, like, talk to him. So yeah. Dog yeah. stands up because he hears everybody complaining and he, like, waves me over and I go over there and then he says something in Spanish and I don't know what he said and then I just kind of, like, <laughs> put my arm around him and then, like, I, I looked at the camera and I smiled and I walked away and then I tell him, Mom, I'm not sure if they were charging for photos or what, but I don't know. Maybe I just, oh my, I don't know. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, I don't know what he said, but like, I just want a picture with him and I left. But I heard that some, at some of the Lucha Expos or some of the tickets that you bought, some people were charging for photos and they tried to like stop that issue for this one in San Diego. So I don't yeah. think he was charging, but I'm not sure. Well, regardless, uh, the three dudes in front of us had to spend, I would say, a minimum of 300 bucks. Because okay, everybody wanted pictures signed. They all wanted pictures with her. Um, I don't know if Daga was charging or not. I remember seeing you because I was up above. I was still upstairs. I saw you take the picture and he said something. And then he waved to him and walked away. So, Daga, if it was 10 bucks, I, I threw $3, I think, in the ring when you wrestled Jake Atlas. So, split that a buck fifty. So, we owe you like eight fifty or whatever. So, when we see you, we'll make sure you get paid. But, hey, bottom line is the Lucha, the Lucha Expo was slammed. And, and I highly it recommend was. it. And, Especially if if they're not going to have it till June of 2021, that gives them so much more time to put more stuff together. You know it what does. I like is how they they mix the, the the older luchadores like Pirata Morgan and all them against some of the newer guys. And I mean, it is it is just awesome. It is awesome to see. So you definitely have to check it out. But, well, Nicolette, I appreciate you coming on. We had I'm sorry we had a couple of people call, and I think some of them two people called and then went hung right up. So I don't know what's up oh, with that. Oh, no, maybe and they thought was, it was the wrong number. Okay, well, you know what? Yeah. Everything is posted on my Instagram. I'm, I'm sure that it's on yours. I am at Nicolette by Nature. Fabi is Fabi yeah. Chulo underscore. Is that you or are you Fabi underscore Chulo? It's Fabi underscore Chulo on Twitter. Okay. And then everything else is just Fabi Chulo. So make sure you check it out. So I'll tell okay. you what, we'll work on, we'll work on doing an, another live broadcast, maybe from Giovanni's or something like that. And we'll take some merch there and, and we'll give a couple away out there. How's that? Okay, and code word, if anybody wants to go ahead and uh, DM myself or Fabi, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, we'll go ahead and do the code word, um, high risk, high reward. And if you send that, um, we'll go ahead and mail a shirt out to you of your choice. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Hey, high risk and them are booked on the show that I'm working on. So hopefully this COVID stuff passes and we can get this independent wrestling going, man. Because I think the world, not only just us, but the world needs some independent wrestling in their life. So with all that being said, a million thank yous to 1000% Knockout Nicolette. Make sure you check her out on all her social media. Hey, giving away stuff, all kinds of stuff going on. Don't forget to check out Lucha Central, um, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Make sure you check it out. Big thanks to Giovanni Varela for coming on and talking some judo. And of course, DJ Vos talking about, you know, doing some big things out there in Arizona. Got to go check him out. So with all that being said, we'll see everybody right back here next Tuesday. Make sure you check us out. Nicolette, I'll see you soon. Thank you. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. 
find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.